Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. I wanted to start off this week by giving a thank you to PrePerfect for their five-star review on iTunes, and to say that we have finally reached the last week of Rizzo's Quest. We have a couple of audio issues here where words cut out a little bit early. Hopefully, understanding is not lost, but that was an unfortunate artifact of this recording for some reason. Additionally, the final conflict wound up running long in our recording, and we needed to wrap things up, so there were outside-of-the-game table discussions that were had, and so we narratively, as opposed to mechanically, resolved the final motions of the story today. So if you were hoping for a big mechanical fight, unfortunately what you're getting is some narrative. On top of that, I wanted to say that I had a wonderful, incredible time at a catacon, and I will treasure those memories with me always. I look very forward to coming back next year. One huge piece of business that we have is that we just launched our Patreon campaign. If you're interested in supporting the show fiscally, I recommend that you check out our Patreon, which will be in the show notes. We offer a variety of rewards for your pledges, from access to our bonus content, to the ability to name an NPC, to custom art that is going to be drawn by either myself or Lenny. So, if you're interested in helping the show, check that out. Now, after I ask you to pledge us your money, I am going to do something that I feel needs to be done. Our last episode, which came out last week, had its introduction recorded before the 2016 election, and I feel I would be remiss if I did not take a moment to speak on that. I have not prepared this. I'm speaking directly from my heart and off the cuff, so you'll excuse me if I get a little rambly, and if you don't want to hear my political drivel, then you're probably going to want to skip ahead a few minutes. This show is based inarguably and definitively in issues of social justice. This is a story that we are telling about what happens when people arrive on your doorstep based on some imperialistic impulse to tell you that your way of life is wrong, to tell you that based on religious reasons, who you are and what you believe in and what you do is wrong, even when that is just making your way in life, being who you are. In The Telling of Swallows, I make an effort to make it clear that the people who are operating in the realm maybe are not all bad that they are people that exist within a system that is bad, that the culture that they come from and what they have been told and what they have learned predisposes them to tackle things in certain ways, but they still grapple with human issues. That makes good stories. It's also important to remember that part of what makes that so bad is that they're still doing terrible things, that their underlying humanity does not excuse them from horrific acts. That their underlying humanity, in some cases, might be part of what's going on. And as of the 2016 election, 
I find that it is difficult not to draw parallels. Donald Trump is not a kind man. He is a fascist. The appointees to his cabinet include neo-Nazis and propagandists, including Stephen Bannon, the leader of Breitbart News, a, quote, alt-right publication, and there is no reason for me, after the last several weeks, to call it the alt-right. They are, by and large, neo-Nazis. And I'm not okay with that. The people who support what's going on, who support the appointment, I'm, everyone has their reasons. Some people are scared. I am scared. As a queer creator of content who seeks to tell stories about diverse groups of people, I worry about myself and my family and the kinds of people that I'm trying to tell these stories about. And I will fight back. I will do everything I can to make sure that my listeners feel safe and protected. This is a story, like I said, that deals with grappling with issues of imperialism, of racism, of persecuting people, of a religion different than your own. And in the end, I want justice to prevail. It's not always easy. We've already seen some rough fights. Things tumble down in a bad way. But I believe that in the end, goodness can prevail. But goodness does not prevail without a fight. Call your representatives. Speak out. Contest the appointment of neo-Nazi propagandists. Ask for an audit of the election. Engage with the process. Speak out. Do not give in when things seem dark. That's when you need to fight the most. I identify myself as a social justice warrior. And now, if any of you feel the same, I ask that you pick yourselves up. Not as social justice warriors, but this is your chance for exaltation. Be the world's social justice dawns, social justice zeniths, social justice twilights, nights, and eclipses. We need all of you and your varied skills and strengths. Together, we can protect the people. We can protect each other. We can show each other love and compassion and strength in the face of darkness. Do not let that darkness win. Let the sun kiss your brow. Let your splendor bleed forth into the world. This is your chance. Pick yourself up. Become exalted. Do what is right. Having said that, let's get into the show. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Tulio, Rizzo, and Leah began to enter the shrine to Jupiter. As they did, what would become of their meeting with the idol? Would it come easily? Would their former employers come back to bite them? Just how hard would this fight be? So we cut down to the stupa 
you can see the light of dusk hitting off of the figure of Jupiter that stands atop the stupa. Her face is covered in a cowl, particularly her eyes, and she looks almost frozen in a bluster of wind. And at the bottom, we see Child Forgotten Among the Rushes, Tulio, Rizzo, and Leah, and there is no apparent entrance to the stupa as it stands. It is completely smooth and circular, and Child Forgotten Among the Rushes takes out her bottle of rice wine and begins chanting and splashing it about, and this continues on for a while as she begins to engage in these strange, ecstatic dances. Alcohol is flying everywhere, the air starts to burn It's so thick and pungent inside of it. And by the end of this dance, she is red in the face and heaving. Sweat drips down her face. And on the side of the stupa, in rice and rice wine, is the symbol of Jupiter. The hooked astrological sign that almost looks like the letter for and that begins to glow white, and then slowly from white it begins to glow green, and the form of the symbol begins to collapse in on itself almost, and as it does that, a shrine gate opening appears at the bottom of the stupa, allowing you entrance into the center of this dome. (sighs) That (laughs) took more out of me than I anticipated, you kids. Go on in for a second. I'll be right behind you. Uh, do you do you need us to grab you anything? Do you need any help? It's important that you talk to Jupiter. Okay. I'll be there in a minute, and I'll catch up. All right. Just go. Is there any tips um, that you could help us with with talking to Jupiter? She delights in secrets. confusion and yeah, secrets. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you're expecting is probably wrong. How should we address her? Maiden. Okay. Maiden of Secrets. Jupiter. I mean, she's known by many names. If there's a name that you prefer to call her, you can call her that. Your lugubriousness? Probably probably not that one, Tulio. Mm. She wipes the sweat from her brow and flicks it away. The green light is soft coming from the inside of the stupa. And you can see that inside there is actually only just a single room in there. Just a very, very large round room. What do you do? There on the side there's no no little dip hand dip thing. Like for climbing? No, hand dips. The hand the oh, hand like, dips. No, they yeah. this does not have like a it's shrine just, hand wash. Bare for a room. Right. So it is a it is an empty room largely. The inside as you enter, mm-hmm. I'm assuming then that you're all entering the inside. Yes is a very, very large circular room, and the floor is made of this marbled green and red tile that spreads out before you. And aside from the sliver of marble that allows you entrance into the main room, there is almost a moat of this soft water that circles the entire room. And from the depths of this water is emanating this soft green glow, and the top of the stupa is made out of star metal. It is this relatively soft gray metal. It's not particularly illustrious, but it does have an iridescent sheen on it. And at the very, very top of the mound of the stupa, 
you can see the base of the statue of Jupiter that sits atop the stupa, and there's a small shaft of goldish green light that pours down the room from that point, even though outside it is now about dusk. And it shines down onto a single table, hardly a table, more of a stand at the center of the room, at which stands a figure, probably seven inches tall, that is made also of star metal, as is the walls. But it is wearing a, what is very clearly, green jade cloak and cowl that covers its eyes, and it has at its side a white jade scale. This is very clearly the image of Jupiter, and sits smack dab at the center of this room, which there's that core central beam of light, but also the entire room has this ambient light that encircles it, so shadows seem flat, and everything around you seems a little bit unreal, as though you stepped into some place that isn't the creation that you're used to. So what do you do? Jupiter! Uh, made in Jupiter. Guys, what do we do? I don't know. Probably just wait. You have to be careful with the spirits or the Maybe gods. it's one of those things that if you lift it, there's a switch underneath. Maybe we should lift check it. the statue? Yes. Uh, we lift it and there's a big, huge trap. Or what if we lift it and she comes in. She's like, what are you doing with my statue? Get out. And then my we'll room. say you didn't have clear directions on the walls. Mm, that's true. That is a good point. Without a sign, it's like, you know, how are we supposed to know? Yeah. Exactly. Mm, okay. And Tulio walks over to the statue and picks it up. <laughs> so you grab this figure, and as your hand touches it, it radiates cold like you've touched cold metal before but this is not cool and the room that you're inside of is not cold but the statue itself is incredibly cold and you begin to see materialize in front of you as you grab the idol a cloaked figure almost just a floating green hood and cowl and it feels almost as though a hand pushes your hand away from the idol. The greatest traps are the deceptions laid between people. You need not worry about any such traps in this place. Uh, okay. Thank you, um, ma'am. Hi. Do I look like a ma'am to you? Have I grown that old? No, no, I didn't mean it. I was told to say maiden or (laughs) ma'am. Figured myself a maiden, and now I feel a crone. No, no, that's not what I meant. People call me ma'am, and I'm not that old, too. It's just, I, don't, I, don't, I just got nervous. Mm. Why so nervous? No, no reason, just... She's overwhelmed by your glorious beauty. Can't even see my face. She, she saw through it. <laughs> all about the way someone looks. What makes me beautiful? Tell me. And the cloak almost wraps around Tulio, and you can see it ghostly, almost like drop down and then through him and then back around to face him. Well, you have an air of intrigue that makes people want to know more. That is literally attraction, right? Attract 
people to your presence. I mean, we are all here now. Also, that cloak thing is cool. Uh, so go ahead and give me a social <laughs> influence roll. You will get a two dots on for that. So take an automatic success and an extra die. And you're looking to beat a five right now. Rot row. Seven successes. The cloaked figure swirls around almost coy. There's plenty of things that people want to know more about that they aren't attracted to. I think that Venus would give you an interesting talking to about the feelings that you're feeling towards me right now. I didn't mean it that way. I'm not offended. I... I think you're cute. I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Tulio? Yes? Shall Rizzo? we leave... Zo? Shall we leave you to... To it? What is it? Indeed. What is it? Seems like you two are meant for each other. We just want to talk to Venus. Venus? Jupiter. Jupiter. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm overwhelmed by all these emotions I'm hearing in here. Rizzo, I feel like the conversation that we had many moons ago about my asexuality is very invalidated at this moment. I apologize, Tulio. I had forgotten. Sorry. We're just looking to talk to... Jupiter. I'm as good as you're going to get right now. Well, Leah, take it away. Why don't you start by telling me why you're here? Well, I'm not sure how much to tell you. That's up to you, isn't it? Sick one. We're here to save the world. That's grandstanding if I've ever heard it. Only time I ever hear people talk about wanting to save the world, they run off and make fools of themselves or worse, dead men. Well, one of us has already died, and I think I'm as foolish as I'm going to get, so there's really not much worse that we could do in that department. Speaking of which, I think your pale friend was speaking. I see how it is. Did you call me sick? Yes. I'm not sick. You're very sick. No, I'm not. Deep down, at your very core, you're sick. The thing that's stuck onto your soul, that's a sickness. No, you're not... You're not going to play with my mind. I'm fine. I'm not playing with your mind. I'm just saying that perhaps you could consider seeing a healer of some sort. Have that thing cleaned up. You could be very good, you know. Good at what? Whatever you set your mind to. I'm fine where I am right now. So be it. Complacency, I suppose, is a form of sickness. It's not complacency. I promise you, none of my life has been so. Well, you've got me attracted. Or should I say, intrigued. Do tell. But that's what you want, isn't it? To tell everything. Well, I think that's all you need to know for now. Your friend is healthy, pure. You could be like her. I know, but she's her and I'm me. Yes, and you're sick, and that's a little bit sad, isn't it? Hey, if she wants to say steak, she wants to say sick. Or just looks pale, that's fine. It doesn't matter. To each their own, right? Okay then, gold one. Why don't you tell me why you're here? Well, we are all here for the same reason, I believe. We have a problem with some of our friends or just people that we know, and they want to steal the idol. And we're here to take it before they do. Languishing diatribe, a lady made of spiders, and a boy named Ray. Well, I don't recognize two of them, but languishing diatribe? She's trustworthy, I thought. Well. Why does she want my idol? She wants to take over everything. She wants to have Ray take over for his father's position as the son, and go from there. Oh, 
<laughs> One of Inky's kids. Interesting. Inky, you guys close like that? We've got a friendly competition. Oh. The son and I. So is this helping your competition if we not let his son take over? I mean, competition with a dead man is hardly competition at all, but <laughs> she'd hardly be the first person I've seen try to kill him. He doesn't take to death very easy. She doesn't want to just kill him, though. She also wants to take over. She's just using him. You know she's she's capable of it. You see the cloak flutter around where the mouth of this face would be, almost as though the robe and cowl is biting its lip. That's fascinating, but also no good. I'm afraid that letting that happen isn't going to get us much of anywhere. But if you want to take the idol, yes, there's a couple of conditions. Okay. If you take the idol, you're all going to be exposed to some information that may be unpleasant to you, personal to you. I think we can all handle it. You don't know yet. Are you sure? Leah? Discomfort is worth it at this point. Oh, for some of you, it'll be much more than discomfort. Additionally, and the hood kind of blows back, and you still can't see a face. This is still all completely cloth, but you can see tight wrappings around what would be a person's face with extra thick layers of cloth around the eyes. You can't let me see you take it. So we can have the idol as long as we don't let you see us take the idol. And you're willing to cope with the vicissitudes of taking it, yes? Tulio, very similarly to when they encountered Fire Falls Like Rain, and Sessa's on is sneaking around the back trying to get <laughs> to the idol. So go ahead and give me that dex plus stealth roll. <laughs> Remember the one that worked out last time? Let's spend four motes to bump that up. Bump up the jam. Bump it up. Ten successes. As Tulio sneaks, the form disappears for a moment. And then, much in the same way it sort of shimmied and fluttered down Tulio's form before, it rises up from the floor and shimmies and twists around in front of him. You're silly. I don't see with my eyes. And then you hear a pitter-patter of drops of water. But I will give you a little gift for your boldness. Your family, they knew what they did when they left you. In fact, if they had known you would survive the night when you cast them out, they would have strangled you before throwing you out. I thought you were giving me a gift, not lies. I don't lie. The source of your power is also the source of the shame that would have caused them to do as such. You magnificent Bastard, you. Don't understand. Well, try to piece it together, baby doll. Tulio aggressively lunges for the idol in rage. And it seems almost stuck to its position as you grab for it. Your mother and your father were not some close, happy family. It was a woman with a lot of power. And a man who was easy to use. She simply forgot to drink her maiden tea and had to do away with the consequences. Give me this idol. Mm, see? 
This is why secrets are interesting. You never know how they're going to make someone react. Stop talking. Tulio, control yourself. Tulio, stop thinking this way. There's a place in Jawe you can stay with me. You'll love all my friends. Like I said, I would I'm really excited for you to meet them. I think you would love my friend Godwin and honestly, I can't imagine not having you around. You and Leah. There's plenty of bread at home. Do you want me to go with you? Yes. I want you to stay with me. Rizzo, I have always thought you were the closest thing I had to family. I think of you as family, too. Even though my family doesn't want me. Well, they're stupid and they're foolish. That's their fault. You want me to be your family? Me and Leah both love having you with us. I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't kept me in check, Tulio. Even though I destroyed your bag? I don't care about things anymore. I'm lucky. Now, I don't exactly think you're all that lucky, are you? Mm. Tulio is visibly distressed. Oh, is he? (laughs) (laughs) Audibly, too. The figure evaporates. Again, you can hear the sort of splish splash in the water. And it appears before Leah. Your friend doesn't seem too happy, but you don't seem to be doing much about that. He's in pain. Aren't you worried about him? I don't like getting in the way of other people's emotions. I think if they need to feel, they should feel. Really? Because it seemed to me like from that little parlay we were having earlier, you're a little afraid to feel yourself. Or you just like feeling bad. Is that it? I live my life the way I think will get me to another day, and that's about it. I try not to think about certain things too much, and sometimes I can't help it, but let's just say I'm not falling for your tricks. You know what's funny about secrets is they don't work like that. They get stuck. You try not to think too much about them, and suddenly it's the only thing you can think about. It crawls at the edge of your lips like a spider at the edge of its den, waiting to crawl out and spin its web into someone's ears. You've got a secret. You've got a couple secrets. This is no secret to you, but you made a deal that wasn't so pretty. Is that how you deal with it? Not thinking about it? Maybe. Depends on the day. Sometimes I talk about it a lot, sometimes I don't. I can never be sure exactly what to do. That's why... Don't much like secrets because they're always frozen. Can't change them. So I don't talk about them a lot. But who's to say that might not change another time? Fascinating. Frozen? No. Secrets are pure potentia. They exist in flux, in uncertainty. And only when you begin to pull the strings can you begin to hear their wondrous symphony. Did you know, Rizzo, that Leah agreed when she died to do away with a portion of creation? What do you mean? I mean she swore to kill a lot of people in exchange for her life, so she didn't have to be scared anymore. Shut up! I don't believe that. That's why she's sick. She's not sick, she's just pale. She's a pale person. Her soul is sick. Like your soul sits like a bright lantern 
Someone has rubbed ash and soot all over hers, and she let them in, and she burned the fire that let them take the ash. She's been very adamant this whole time about not killing anyone and being as peaceful as possible. I have a really hard time believing that she would try to kill anyone. Rizzo, I was young. I was scared. I didn't know what was happening. So how many people have you killed? How many did you agree to? Is that even going to matter anymore? The point is, is I'm trying to move past it. I'm, and if I have to punish myself every day with this, I will. You're not just punishing yourself. You're punishing the people around you, too. Give me this idol. Uh, we'll get back to you soon, pretty boy. Rizzo, are you aware of the idea of a sabbatical? Like a vacation? <laughs> oh, yes. An extended getaway? Sure. You could say that Leah's on something of a murder sabbatical. You have to go back to killing? You're not done? Oh, it's never enough. Not for them. Who is them? There's a lot There's a lot of things I'm missing here. Why don't you tell her about the Death Lords, Leah? Why don't you tell them about how you cast your name into the maw of oblivion? Why don't you say the name? Of the person you're trying so hard not to run back into the surface of. I promise I'm trying every day not to. I am. I was angry. I saw what they did. It wasn't merciful. It was horrible. It may be horrible, but you made an agreement. I know what I've done. You don't need to tell me. So, say their name. Only if Rizzo asked me to. I couldn't care less about what you want me to do. Leah? Leah, who is it? The walker in darkness. Who is that? Go ahead and for Rizzo, give me an intelligence plus okay. occult roll at a difficulty of four. Oh, I'll spend two peripheral ones. Cool. That was one success. <laughs> Based on the context and the things that she has been saying... You would assume that this walker in darkness is one of these death lords. Oh, yes. But you don't know who exactly that is. Also, um, should Tulio roll just because he's overhearing this conversation? Yeah, sure. Tulio can roll. Tulio has lore five and is going to use two motes to bump it up. Two successes. So, yeah, Tulio knows about as much as does Rizzo. I'm speechless. I didn't expect you to be anything else. I'm just happy you're not angry. I still don't understand how... It doesn't seem like you two have made a deal like this. Well, I wasn't exactly the me you know right now. How much do we really change? Well, when your whole family gets slaughtered in front of you, and the murderers then drag you and kill you and beat you too, then you change a little bit. And Rizzo, you don't know anything quite that extreme, but you can't say that you're not guilty of a little bit of familial pain-bringing, can you? I think everybody's guilty of that. I'm not. I'm just guilty of not getting this idol to move. True. Very true. You, in fact, are the product of such familial pain-bringing, aren't you? But we're talking about Rizzo. Remember that calibration? When yes. you... You thought that you could prove to everyone 
that the sorcerer's granddaughter could handle the spooks of calibration all by herself. I was young and naive. But your grandmother wasn't. And she told you to draw that line, didn't she? Yes. And now what does she tell you? doesn't tell me anything. That's what I thought. Have you changed? It's not the point. I didn't sign away. I didn't, I didn't tell, make a deal that I was going to take other people's lives away. Yes, you kind of did. Whose life did I take away? You didn't take away your grandmother's life. But you ran that risk. And you knew it. She knows I'm sorry. You know who's not sorry? And the figure swirls around and cuts across the water, spraying up some of this ambient green mist, and pulls back in toward Leah, the one of your murderers that got away. What? Oh, he's alive. Fine. I'll do what I do best then. Leah, be stronger than this. You just told me you've changed. Not with them. They're not worthy of my goodness, Rizzo. They're not. Do you know what they call him in the underworld? They call him the trophy hunter because he takes a little piece of everyone he leaves behind. Well, guess I'll have to take my piece back. Seven, by the way. Number that have happened since. You see, you're so quick to judge me, but you don't even know half the story. He's evil. He doesn't deserve to live. That still doesn't mean that all the other people... Didn't deserve to live either. I I don't know those people. I know what I've done has been wrong, and I know when it's been right. And I know that the wrongs are so much heavier and bigger, and they dig into me constantly. But please don't hate me for wanting to do away with that parasite. Oh, you're one to talk about parasites, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, I know what I am. And if someone wants to come and punish me for it, so be it. But until then, I'll just keep running and going on and trying to make my life better. Leah, you can't run forever. I can try. Done it for this long. We're running right now, Rizzo. That's what we're doing. We're not running away from anything. We're running to something. That's a big difference. There are people after us that's running away. We're just, we're not running away from them. We're just trying to beat them from somewhere. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying running away happens more often than we all think. And we all do it. It doesn't mean it's the right choice. You've done it. Clearly. I didn't even know about this until now. When were you going to tell us any of this? Because it didn't matter. It didn't involve any of you. My stuff mattered to you. Because it involved us. What have I done that has involved you? You don't know those people. What? You don't know if I didn't know those people. Look on the bright side. Running to something, running away from something. At least you're not Tulio over there, running in place. (laughs) Tulio, it's not gonna move. Put your energy into something else. Into what? Into finding my family? Maybe moving the idol a different way. Remember, vicissitude, and you can't. Let me see it. Since you're so good at murder, Leah, why don't you distract her? Distract a ghost? A a spirit? Look, if both of you just want to hold this stuff over my head, then fine. We're not holding it over your head. It's just something that we need to talk about, and I think it should have been brought up sooner. Insulting me is not talking about it. I'm not insulting. I'm looking for solutions. We're here... 
for a reason, and she's playing with us. Well, if you want to talk about problems that need solutions, then Rizzo, I think it's time for your vicissitude. A good friend of yours, and an old one at that, he's gone and kicked the metaphorical line of salt in Jawe. There aren't lovers, not really, and he's in a lot of pain. Godwin needs you now more than perhaps he's ever needed anyone. Jawe needs me right now. I know, I trust Godwin. I know he can handle this, but I need to take care of this first. Here is the real kicker. If you trace back the line of events, some people might say that he's the one that put Jawe there in the first place. Do you want to leave the remedying the broken city in the hands of the man who shattered it with his own two hands? I know, Godwin. He didn't do that on purpose. You would be surprised at the things that Godwin's done on purpose. I don't know the full story, but I know that there's a reason behind it. He's killed too. Who? Godwin. I, I, get, I get that, but who did he kill? <laughs> a scion of the realm. Name of Ragara Vijay. A diplomat, formerly trained at the Spiral Academy. Came to make a trade deal. Maybe they had it coming. I don't know. I don't know all the stories. I'm only hearing your side. I thought you had a hard no-kill policy. It's my best friend you're talking about, and I didn't kill them. Anyway, reveals are out of the way. Now, don't let me see what you get up to next. And the specter fades away. What do you do? Leah, I'm not mad at you. I just wish you would have told us before we went on this whole journey and you set up this air like making us feel bad for doing violent things. I wasn't trying to make you feel bad. I didn't tell you about this because I was afraid you would turn me away like everyone else. We weren't going to turn you away. We all come from different walks of life. I wasn't angry at you. I just I don't like That's seeing... what friends do, Leah. You have to talk to people about something. Who are you going to tell? Were you never going to tell us? You tell me a lot of things that I have to do and I should do, but you don't know what it's like inside my head. It's disgusting. It's dark and it's sick. And I'm sorry that I didn't want to see more of that in front of my eyes being done by my friends. How is anyone supposed to help you if you don't say anything about it? I try to, but you can never understand how bad it is. That is true. And I'm not saying I want it to stay bad. I don't. I just, I need... Tulio and I are here for you. We've always been here for you. I don't know if I can keep going and I need a way to keep going. I think sometimes it might have been easier if I had just died. No, that's it's not easier. We wouldn't have gotten anywhere where we are right now without you. All the lives that we're about to save, how far we've come just to get this idol, we wouldn't have done it without you and you know that. How far we've come? We're here and we have nothing. I have nothing. You have nothing. Leah has nothing. All we have is this idol that won't budge. And Tulio takes out his gormal and begins to lean towards smashing the altar that the idol is on. She doesn't see with her eyes. Maybe we need to go at this with a different strategy. What could she have meant by that? Maybe we could cover the statue. I mean, that's as good as it's going to get right now, I'd say. Julio whacks the table with the gormal, and nothing happens. Rizzo would like to use her lightning hand slight. She walks up 
to the idol and assesses how large the space is underneath it and if there's any kind of discoloration or some kind of um, medium change between what it's directly sitting on versus the ground around it. Rizzo has a large book with her. It was probably fairly important at some point, but it seems like now would be a better time to use it for something else. So she uses the lightning hand slide and swaps the book, but she slides the book on before she even moves the idol. So it kind of um, seems like there's a lot of, if it's a weight thing, it seems like there's more weight. So that way she can slip one out and the other one on kind of seamlessly without there being like a press of the weight. So there's never a moment where there's not enough weight on the And in what direction do you place the book? Like the idol as a human figure, Mm -hmm. where in relationship to the figure do you place the book as you do this thing? So I'm taking the book and I'm placing it in front of the idol. So it's blocking the view from the idol and it's sitting upright, rind facing outward. So it's kind of like blocking or I guess rind to the side. And there's not a a time where there's no weight over the area that the idol is underneath. So she kind of scoots it one on as the other one comes off while still blocking the view of the idol. Yeah, and at the moment that you place the book down and you kind of press it against the face of the figure, you hear a deep sort of clasping, unlatching sound, and the idol pulls free. And right now I want everybody to give me a wits plus awareness roll. And you are looking to beat a difficulty of three right now. Uh, Leah is rolling with a pool of seven, and she's going to increase that to ten. By spending three peripheral modes. Excellent. Roll that. Leah got five successes. Cool. Rizzo's up next. Uh, Rizzo is spending, or I am spending two modes, making a total of eight, ten dice. Ten dice. Six successes. Wonderful. And how about Tulio? Tulio is using two modes to bump his roll up to nine dice. Three successes. Awesome. So all three of you notice a change in the light in the room coming from the entrance. Child Forgotten Amongst the Reeds had said that she was going to catch her breath and follow you guys in. You guys have been in here for a while now and she's not come. I forgot about her. And you see a long shadow get cast in front of the entrance to the stupa. And then you see another shadow move in front of it, and you hear a voice say, And I thought three strangers was enough for today. Get out of here! (laughs) And her body drops, and you see it push through the entrance to the stupa and fall in the luminescent green water. Blood begins to mix with it, crimson, and this emerald light shining through it, and almost demure, elegant, walks in a figure with short hair and a black, red, 
and orange robe. This is Majin, the spider lady. Uh, oh, she's not naked. Wow, cool. <laughs> she's still made of spiders. I see that you guys took care of the hard work for me. It wasn't for you. We didn't do anything for you. That's true. You did it for Languishing Diatribe. She's going to be very grateful. You didn't bring them with you? Mm, they brought me with them. So they're here? By some definition of here, yeah. Oh, also, I noticed that the forest had a little bit of a monkey problem. Wasn't able to take care of all of it, but, you know. And she reaches into the depths of her robe and pulls out a long tail and throws it at you guys. This is evidently and clearly the tail of one of the members of the Eagle Clan. They were clogging up the roads, making it hard to travel. What did you do to them? What had to be done? You had no right. You're a monster. They were trucking with demons. That doesn't mean they were bad. No one told you you should do that. No, no one needs to tell me what to do. I tell me what to do. You're not in charge. Oh, really? Really? Don't tell me. I'm not in charge of what I do. So I agreed to work with D. So she doesn't Ray. tell you what to do? They don't tell you what to do? They're not stronger than you? They ask me to do things, and I graciously acquiesce. Like a dog? Oh, yeah, Leah, that sounds pretty much no. like an Aaron, Aaron girl to me. It's like a little bit like worse than Qui-Gon Jinn and Juice because, you know, he actually... And is cute. Yeah. Yeah. You don't understand anything, do you? I think I know exactly what I see, and I think you're lying to yourself. You should have just gone to sleep when I asked you. You're not in charge of me, so All why should I... All of the water in the room goes toward the roof. What do you do? I would like to storm out of here with my friends and leave forever! Yeah, she's blocking the doorway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, like, you don't need to enter fight time yet. Okay. So, yeah, I can try and get her away from the door, and then you guys can go on without me. Um, no. I'm gonna say no to that real quick because that's not that's stop trying to be the hero, okay? I'm not trying to be the hero. I'm yes, just, you are. I know not. Yes, I want you guys to get out. If I die, it doesn't matter if you die. It does. Yes, it does. It does. If any of us, if if we, if it matters, if any of us die. Okay. Well, you have to get to your city. I just try to keep you safe. You have to make sure that the um eagle clan gets to your Majin. What? Why? Why what? Why do you work for people that hurt? Everybody hurts. Do you not feel shame, guilt, anger, remorse? You could be good. I could be a lot of things. But you know what I'm not? The person that I was supposed to be. Do you know what that's like? Because, yeah, you're a little orphan boy. How sad for you. But you never woke up one day. When no one could look at you and even recognize who the fuck you were. I had a wife, you know. She's remarried. 
Then she that's doesn't it. even know she was married a first time. Then why don't you make a new name for yourself? Something good. I did. It's Mei Jin. And this time, I decide what happens to me. What a disappointing story. You've been given the power of self-determination, just like I have. Sure, you can't weave things quite the same way that I can. But you've been given a spate of gifts, and you're ashamed to them. Am I? Because we're holding the idol. For how long? And the water comes crashing down around all of you. Make a, a dexterity plus dodge check. You're looking to beat three as the water comes crashing down. Okay, so Rizzo is going to do this type of barrel roll move, but her arms never actually touch the ground, so it's kind of like a lateral tornado type mm-hmm. figure. And it's really all in her legs, like it's like a mm-hmm. kick thing. And she lands in a sl- like a backward slide, but it looks like she's sliding into a base for baseball, but just in a backwards move, like she's breaking herself and has her hands on the on the floor, like breaking her f- skid. Cool. Give yourself two extra dice and an automatic success. Django. Cool. So Rizzo has two successes. So you do land, but the torrent is stronger than you had anticipated that it would be. Mm. And you can either take damage as you fall from the force, or you can drop the idol. Which one do you choose? Take damage. Cool. So you take one point of bashing damage as you slam against the back wall. Leah, what do? So Leah is frantically looking around for a spot on the wall that is dry for her to step off of and kind of like claw onto one of like the more like protruding edges from the wall and she finds one in the corner so for a brief moment she waits and she feels the water pulling in her legs and she almost wishes that she could just fall back and just kind of let it overtake her but she snaps out of that and in an exhausted Leap goes over to this dry corner and bounces off. All right, so uh, same deal for you. You get an automatic success and two extra dice. So Leah's spending three moats from peripheral, and then with the two extra dice, she'll be rolling 11. Leah got six successes. Wonderful. And Tulio? Tulio is going to be rolling with a pool of five dice. Tulio has... Five successes as he lunges away and uses his gourmet almost like a pole vault and projects his body far away from the water. So Rizzo has been dashed backwards and Tulio and Leah have managed to escape this torrent of water. As you notice that everything around you is lighter than it should be. It seems strange and uncomfortable to maintain your footing. Lighter as in, like, it's brighter or uh, Like wait. somebody turned down the gravity. Oh, okay. <laughs> you feel almost like you're floating a little bit. Mm. Since you seem to be so obsessed with what I am and what I've become, Tulio, come with me and let me prove it to you. Are you asking for a bite? Yeah, I am. I'm ready. Then come. 
and she flashes forward and grabs Tulio and light as a feather drags him out towards the field of sunflowers, sending him sprawling backwards as she leaps down, taking her initial strike. What do Rizzo and Leah do after Tulio is dragged away? We have to help him. We can't just leave him alone with her. I know. Leah, are you okay to what, you know, if things get messy? Take the idol? Yes. I don't know. I, I, I'm afraid I'll let you down again. You're not going to let me down. All right. If it's what we need to do, I'll do it. Okay. And you can hear a raising clamor from the village. Let's go down. Together. So where are you going? We're going down to follow the noise and rescue Tulio. Okay. The entire village is just kind of freaking out because somebody just dragged Tulio like that and threw him into the field. And you can also see that the waters of the rice paddies are beginning to brown already. And you guys are charging out, breaking through the edge of the crowd of people who are the people who are panicking at this site. They're completely unfamiliar with anything of this nature happening. And you break through the edge of the crowd and two figures block the edge of the road. Now, now, now. I thought that you were retrieving the idol, not cutting and running. We're not cutting and running. We're just not giving it to you because you don't deserve it. That sounds exactly like cutting and running. It wasn't yours to begin with, so... It wasn't yours to begin with either. That's very unladylike, Rizzo. Well, it's unladylike of you to try and steal something that's not yours and not promise something of this town that is going to be destroyed because we're taking it. You didn't even mention that. Well, now, and Languishing Diatribe begins to speak. As I recall, you took a particular idol from a particular city and promised them nothing in return, did you not? I didn't, but... I didn't realize how big of a problem it would have been. The great, the stakes in Jaway, they, they didn't crumble as soon as I took that idol. This city's main purpose is to, like, it's held together by this idol. You do know that Jaway has been facing a drought since the day you left. Yeah. Not a drop of rain has fallen. Why do you think that is? I thought it was just a coincidence. Other things could have happened since I left. I don't know. No, this is just a much smaller space. It's deteriorating at a much faster rate. I can fix it. And how do you plan to do that, Rizzo? I don't know yet. You don't have much time. Fields are rotting. It can all be reversed. Really? I can do it. I know I can. Well, why don't you hand us over the idol and prove it? No, this idol is staying with me, and you're not getting your hands on it. We've come too far to keep you from having it, and I'm not just going to hand it over to you. This would have been much easier if you complied and took the manse that I offered you, Rizzo. Life's not easy. No, it's not. And I think that you're about to learn just how hard it can get. You beat him once, Rizzo, you can do it again. Let's go. Oh, you think that I'm trying to fight you. I will fight you. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to fight you. What do you want? You're gonna sit in here while the cave collapses. Why would I do that? You can't make me do anything. Really? Really. And he cracks his neck and says, Then maybe it's time that I made you take a nap. And we cut to Tulio and Majin in the field of sunflowers. We see a wide shot where they're in a relatively circular field, and the center is lit up bright with the yellow sunflowers, and the edges of this circle have already gone gray with wilting. Majin has pulled away after her initial advance and is definitely taken a sloppy sort of unbridled stance as she looks at Tulio. What is Tulio doing? Tulio is standing, fist tightly wrapped around his jade gormal, eyes locked with Majin, having just gotten up from that fall. See, you have the power of self-determination. I have the power to determine what happens around me. I am an engine of fate, of reality unto myself. I'm determined to make sure that you don't stop my family from doing good. And I'm determined to make sure that nobody ever gets in my way again. And she leaps forward in a spinning kick, which connects with your Gormal. Tulio holds steadfast, planting his feet and fighting against the weight of Majin's kick. And she takes the force from the initial kick and flips over you, driving her elbow into your kidney. Tulio whips around and uses the momentum from being whipped in the kidney to fling his gormal in her direction. And she leaps up. And at the last second, the Gormal smashes into her calf, and you can hear a heavy crunch. <laughs> well, you're pretty determined yourself. Let's see how you feel when your own weapon is used against you. And bizarrely effortlessly, she picks up your Gormal, spins it around, and sends it flying back at you. Tulio, not paying attention, is struck straight in the back. And you can feel the incredible density of the Gormal. What are you going to do now? Run back to your family? What does it look like I'm going to do? I'm going to fight. And he reaches for her leg and pulls that injured calf. <laughs> oh, you're feisty. And she takes her other leg and tries to kick at your face. He conveniently ducks while having lunged for the Gormal. Fine. Take it back. You need it. Even the odds. He grabs the Gormal and swings for her head. And she drops down and her black, red, and orange robes flutter. And it looks as though she's about to move completely out of the way. And the top of the Gormal smashes the very top of her head. And sends her flying across the field of flowers from yellow into gray. And you can hear a loud gasp. And then she falls still. Now we cut back to Rizzo and Ray. He is barreling down on you with all three arms. Come on. Are you going to fight me then or what? And you. What are you doing? Just looking on. Boom, 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 boom. 
each fist strike slamming against Rizzo's sword. Rizzo's holding her sword in front of her face kind of as a shield. She is trying to resist most of the damage being done by Ray, but also keeping the idol safely in her arms. Mm -hmm. Like one hand is holding the idol close to her chest. The other one is um, holding the sword in front of her face. So you can tell that she's kind of getting agitated that she just keeps getting hounded on. And she does this quick run backwards and uh, she tucks it into her clothing still kind of holding it but it's not as loose as it was before and she angles her sword towards him ready to fight and as you do this languishing diatribe looks to both leah and rizzo you still have an opportunity to give up hand me the idol we don't have to make things so difficult you made it difficult when you asked us to do something wrong. No, believe me. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing to make things right again. Well, we're trying to make things right for what we did wrong, and that doesn't involve giving the idol, so we're going to hold on to it. And you know what? I'm used to things being difficult. I actually kind of like it that way. Fair enough. Ray, I trust you to take out the garbage. And she tucks her hands into the sash of her robe and begins to walk back toward the entrance of the village as Ray is continuing to barrel down on Rizzo at the same time as he's angling his body slightly more towards Leah so as to prevent her from running out. Rizzo tries to inch towards Leah slightly to do what they had discussed earlier and pass her the idol so she can fully whoop Ray's ass. She inches towards her and slips, like, inch by inch, she pushes the idol out of her clothing towards um, Leah, so it can just fall into her hands, and she can disguise it however she wants. But Rizzo is still holding her side as if she is holding the idol like she was before, not visibly showing that the idol is no longer there because he's just railing on her. I feel like at this point, he's like not really paying attention to the idol, just trying to like take Rizzo down. Right. So go ahead and roll wits plus larceny sure. with uh, two extra dice and an automatic success. Five successes. And now here's his attempt to see it. Dang. He only got four successes. So the idol is successfully and subtly passed to Leah. Leah takes her left hand or the hand closest to Rizzo and quickly swipes her fingers around the idol and holds it close to her chest. And there is a large, slightly steep hill that kind of hides the city. And Leah looks to it. She looks towards Languishing Diatribe and she starts sprinting up the hill. And while she's running... Tears are beginning to fall from her eyes, but she's going so fast that they're kind of just falling off of her face, and she hasn't run like this for a while, but this time she feels stronger. And there's the clang of fist against metal, and Ray calls out to Leah as she runs, Flee all you want into the field of sunflowers. 
I will find you and I will end you after I rip the idol from Rizzo's cold, dead hands. What does Rizzo do? Rizzo smirks. Yeah, that's right. The only way you're going to get this is over my cold, dead, hard, cool body. And she tucks the fake idol underneath her armpit so she can have both hands on the sword. And she starts fighting against Ray, so she's no longer backing up to him, not really defending herself. She's not backing up to him just hounding on her anymore. She's fighting back. She's pushing him back in the direction that he was coming from. Okay, so he is firmly on the defensive, and you're actually fighting him up a hill, Mm -hmm. so you're pushing him backwards, and he falls back on two of his arms at one point, As you swing your sword over him, and he uses the leverage to then drive his foot into your stomach and send you sprawling up the hill behind him onto your back, and he comes charging over you, puts his foot on your sword, and then is beginning to raise his other foot to bring it down onto your chest when a low hunched form emerges from the field of sunflowers aside the path out of the city. Rizzo, you need to run. Tulio, you can't handle him by yourself. I beat him once already. I can do it again. I feel like he's not holding back this time. Tulio, you can't take him on alone. I can. I have to. Tulio, you're not strong enough. You just got dragged out of our cave by Madge. I'm strong enough because I have something to fight for. Please don't do this by yourself. You need to run. We're here to protect the idol. The idol's important, but so are you. You know what you have to do, and I know what I have to do. That's right, Rizzo. Look at this. Remember what you chose. I'll come back, Rizzo. I promise. I'll meet you in Jaway. I trust you. I think it's better that we focus on the here and the now. Let's. Tulio lunges and shoves Ray, and their bodies roll down the hill together. Okay, so Rizzo now has the opportunity to recollect herself and pick herself up. Ray and Tulio are tumbling through the field, and Ray's fists are falling on Tulio like gormals unto themselves. You know what? I think you're right. I won't hold back this time. I won't hold back either. I finally have something worth fighting for. And golden energy congeals around his hands, and he crouches low. Back in the day, do you know what the Dragon Kings used to sacrifice in order to propitiate my father? Tulio's face hardens. You'll get your answer soon enough. He reaches forward, and both of his hands drive through Tulio's chest and pull out his still-beating heart, and he holds it in his face and says, Human hearts, and crushes it. Tulio's body falls limp, and the spray of blood trickles down onto his armor like rain falling from the sky. A puddle from his chest begins to roll down the hill. The knot 
that kept his birch hair together has come undone and hangs loosely around his face. And we see this small river of blood roll over a mound of recently shuffled earth with slightly conical points coming out of it as the blood touches the top of the mound and mixes with the dirt a small sprig begins to pop itself out a tiny piece of pine we see leah fleeing with the idol running we see rizzo collecting her stormwind rider and fleeing back to the city that she now knows is under siege at least for now the idol of jupiter is out of their hands now won't you join us for lunch at these manse uh i don't i don't like this food it's gross okay well we can get you something else i mean it's not a big deal have you even looked at what you're eating it's gross you didn't try it yet no it's gross there's nothing it smells bad there's nothing wrong with raviolis. <laughs> it doesn't sound... It sounds bad. It sounds gross. It's okay, but you haven't tried it yet, Mr. Man. Okay, well, I'm not Mr. Man. I'm, a ch- I'm an emperor, okay? I have a title. I also have a title. What, what's your title? The Rizzo, okay? <laughs> okay, The Rizzo. I don't want to eat no, any these stinking raviolis. You don't have to call me that. That's okay. a little silly. Okay, that's okay. I won't, ca- I won't call you that. If you don't eat the ravioli, I will come in your nightmares mm-hmm. every night. Uh, would you rather have cheese pizza? I've never heard of a pizza before. What's a pizza? Uh, pizza <laughs> is basically dough magic. Dough. Can't, can't we just have normal food? Um, like stir fry or, or, or salad? Salad? That's gross. You're gross. Thank you. Where's Poe? Every night. Okay, if you want a salad, we can get you a salad. It's okay. Yeah, but we're going to put little pieces of pizza in it. No, Rizzo, just let him get the salad. It's cheaper anyway. Pizza. Uh, When says, when do we worry about money? Pizza's a vegetable. I worry about money. I don't have a lot. Then I will pay for his pizza salad. I could pay. I have so... Everyone's always telling me how much money I have. You have a lot of money. Just order a little piece of pizza in your salad. Well, why would I do that? That sounds gross. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of people serve pizza and salad together, so... I I know what I like, and it's salads, and it's stir-fries, and it's not any stupid pizzaiolis. Okay. Well, which one do you want? Ten on it. What? Pizza Olies. We didn't say anything about raviolis and pizza. I'm just saying. Okay, that we can. Sounds incredible. Right? It does. I think it's a, a calzone, technically. Or like a pizza pocket. Yeah. Um, Ew, why would you uh, eat a pocket? It's a pocket full of That's pizza. gross. It's a pocket full of pizza. Ew. You're going to get lint on it. Yep. That's what makes it really Ugh. good. Ugh. Ugh. I will shove lint up your nostrils. Why are you being so mean? Where's Poe? He's supposed to keep me safe. Poe is running the... (laughs) Running outside. Look, nothing's gonna happen to you. He's scaring me. He's making a lot of big threats. He's gonna come in my dreams. Well, then maybe you should eat what he wants. Tulio, why did you phrase it like that? 
I'm trying to help him recognize adulthood the way that I experience it. I adult recognize adulthood? Why would I do that? Because you're 900 years old. So? What, what, at what age do you think people turn into adults? Just curious. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people grow up. I don't know. It happens so fast. I don't know. So fast, yet you've also been here for 900 years. Yeah. And still wearing a diaper. <laughs> Shut up. Poe says I have to. Look, no one's judging you, okay? We all have certain things we deal with. But look, you don't have anything to worry about. We can keep you safe. I know Tulio's kind of intense sometimes, but he's not serious. He's just joking, right? No. No. <laughs> God damn it, you guys. You're trying to put me at ease and everyone's just shutting you down. They're saying no. You guys are scary. We just want to be your friend. I don't think that you do. I think you want to hurt me. No, I just want you to try pizza is all. (laughs) We're really not trying to scare you. At least I'm not. I'm really trying to make you feel comfortable here because I know how it feels to be uncomfortable. What's wrong with knowing what I like? There's nothing wrong with that. The things you like aren't good. You're not good. Uh, waiter? Excuse me. Hi. Um. Hello. Can we get a salad for, um, this young man over here? A salad? Yes, it's, it's a very normal request. It's a salad. Wonderful. Okay, make sure there's no pizza on it, please. A little bit of pizza? No pizza. All right. Can I also get one hot pocket? Only one. They're like a centimeter big. One centimeter. Just one. What's a hot pocket? Why would you want your pockets to be hot? I'm going to stick it in his eyeball. What? You guys are so scary. Tulio, stop. So will that be off of the table? Mm. Yes, please get it right away. Thank you. I'm not good with children. No, you're not. You're scary. I thought I was funny. I don't know where you, you said you were going to come in my dreams. It's not that's not funny. That's scary. It's pretty that funny. That is not that's... funny on any level, Tulio. That's... I mean, but we don't know that uh, you know, Tulio coming in dreams is going to be a scary dream. What if it's a funny dream? What if he brings funny things? Mm. I can't think of any scenario of Tulio coming in dreams that would be not scary. Uh, what if he had candy? Well, Where's Grum- the candy coming from? His hands? <laughs> Grumbus like comes a human in spider. my dreams. Every night, Grumbus comes in my dreams. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I love Grumbus. Well, everyone does. And I love popcorn. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's my best friend, 100%. Oh, that's great. See, we all have something in common. We can get along. Yeah, but I'm not going to eat your stupid pizzolis. Well, we didn't order pizza you one. and aisles. I got you a salad. Okay. I'm, the waiter's okay. coming back, see? Okay, good. Hello, waiter. Hello! Okay, that's like right in my ear. Sorry! Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for getting it out soon. You're welcome. See, child emperor, you are stuck in a high chair. And I have a hot pocket for you. It's a high chair because of my position. The emperor sits in the high chair. It's like a throne. Oh, is that 
Um, is that what the you learned? Reason? Yes. Not because you're in no, Rizzo? diapers. Rizzo? Diapers? The. I don't see what those two things have to do with each other. Well, if that's what you think about it, then great. That's awesome. You the- guys are mean. I can tell you don't believe me. The hot pocket goes choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs> Open wide. Choo-choo. Okay, this is the scariest thing I've ever witnessed. <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. It wasn't that bad, was it? It was awful. You shoved food down a child's throat, Tulio. It's good food. <laughs> no, it's not. It tastes like dirt. Well, and that's because Tulio dropped it on the way to your mouth. But that's, that's not normally what they taste like. Some children will never learn. You, you'll, you'll never learn, you dummy. I've learned how to appreciate uh, a Hot Pocket. Why? It just doesn't. Why would anybody call any food that? Uh, tell me, baby. <laughs> have you ever thought about going to college? I get my tutoring from Poe. He taught me everything I needed to know. Wonderful, wonderful. So when you get to that age, or not in you're your case, that? when you're you get to that, that point... You're saying that, though? Like, I haven't been here for, like, 900 years. Okay, so wonderful. Now you like to accept the fact that you've been here for 900 years. Perfect. While we're there, <laughs> some people are at a point in their lives when they need cheap food that fills them and Hot Pockets are the way to go. I can't relate to that. Understood. You are filthy rich. I used to be able to relate to that. And 900 years old. What are you doing over there, Tulio? Did you bring your own food in the restaurant? Who does uh, that? It's a Hot Pocket from a different restaurant. I always come prepared. <laughs> were, were you just prepared for them not to have Hot Pockets here? Well, that wasn't enough. Pocket for me. The waiter said they were only. Well, you one shoved centimeter. it in my face. Of course, it wasn't enough for you. I save the high quality pockets for myself. Ooh. Okay. And I'm going to consume it and enjoy it. That's graphic. Why do you describe everything? It's so, so gross. creepy. Julio, like, just say you're gonna eat it. It's all over your lips. I told you. I'm going to eat it. Oh, get that But you good. said while you were licking your lips. And in the aftermath of this, we see Ray pick up the limp form of Majin, and we see the people of this village hidden away for thousands of years, begin to pack their things and begin a pilgrimage northward.